Good evening. Welcome to Journeys in Faith here on the Andes Santos YouTube channel. It is great to be here with all of you for season four. It is so exciting because I have a wonderful array of guests for this season. And tonight is somebody very special to me. It's a very good friend of mine as well. Her name is Donna A. Heckler. And Donna is a Catholic author and speaker. And she has got so much to share with us. So I want to bring her on screen. And Donna, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, hello, Anne, and thank you so much for having me. You know, I just always so enjoy our discussions and conversations. You are such a dear. You here, and it is a blessing, Donna. It, you are a wonderful guest on the program. And of course, you were also a recent guest on the Sewing Hope podcast with Bill Snyder and I recently. Uh, I said on the beginning that you're a Catholic author and speaker, and I just want to hold up your book at the beginning because some of the people that are watching might have heard of you before because of your wonderful book called Marketing God. And if you haven't seen the Sewing Hope podcast on Patchwork Heart Ministry, I just want to invite everyone to go to that YouTube channel and watch the recent interview because you can learn a lot about Donna's book and Donna's life, faith, and mission. But I, I wanted to start out by just talking with you about some of the things that you've been through in your life. And I know that your tagline is be radiant. And before we begin talking about that and what that means to you, I wanted to also read your beautiful bio too, so that people can get, get to know you a little bit better. I'm actually reading it right off the back of the book. But Donna A. Heckler is a global executive who has been blessed with a prominent career in the corporate sector. Recognized as a a thought leader in brand and marketing strategy. She is the co-author of the book, The Truth About Creating Brands People Love. Donna Penn and the acclaimed book, Living Like a Lady When You Have Cancer, after a stage three cancer diagnosis. Donna is a Catholic author and speaker with a knack for insightful and engaging storytelling. And I can tell you that for sure. She's been a guest not only on this program before, but also, as I said, on Sewing Hope a couple different times. And Donna has her own YouTube channel, so be sure to subscribe at Donna A. Heckler for her wonderful podcast series. And so, Donna, thank you so much again. Uh, please just give us that intro about your life, faith, and mission, and tell us what does Be Radiant mean to you? Oh, absolutely. And again, thank you, Anne, for having me. Um, so it's interesting because you read the bio, and it's very much about the marketing. Um, and about my corporate career. And that really is where my story started. I started in corporate and was really blessed with so many beautiful opportunities, including living in Asia and running marketing for a company there. So just really um, blessed with the opportunities that came my way. And then I had what I called my timeouts. And I joke that I got these timeouts from God because one of us, namely me, was just moving way too fast. I was doing too much. I was busy, 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 and I wasn't taking quiet time for God. So the first time out was a freak leg accident, and we um, broke the knee and the ankle and tore tendons all throughout the leg. I was in a cast from toe to hip, and they weren't sure I'd ever walk again. And my doctor invited me to rest. Of course, the corporate donor was like, are you kidding me? Just get me in a cast and get me back to the office. It took me a long time to figure out that I was never going to get better if I kept working. So I had to do nothing but sit quietly with my leg up 
um, for six months before we could actually get me rehabilitated enough to begin to think about going back to work. I'd no sooner gotten back to work when we discovered stage three breast cancer. So in the period of 18 months, I ended up with 12 surgeries between the leg and the cancer, chemotherapy and radiation. And the cancer was another opportunity to sit quietly with God. In the beginning, when the leg happened, I mean, I fought it every step of the way, but when the cancer happened, it was a very different experience. I was sitting there recognizing God in the moment. I was seeing these big boulders in my life that he was moving out of the way. I was fully present to the people who were around me. And, you know, when I went through the leg, I, I realized that I had beautiful flowers in my life, in my gardens. When I went through the cancer, I realized I had all these beautiful people in my life. And it was during the course of the cancer that I was so sick one day, just so sick, I could hardly sit up. And a friend came to bring me soup. I lived on soup at that time. And I could hardly hardly sit up to say hello and she was pretty overwhelmed by what she saw the look of cancer is pretty bad and she went into the kitchen and i saw her fumbling with the soup and i saw her crying but what really caught me is that her purse was still on her shoulder she hadn't even taken a moment to take it off she was so sort of overwhelmed and the thought that crossed my mind was you need to be radiant for mary beth and I laid on that couch, not even able to say a word, wondering how can I be radiant in this moment? And I realized that what I needed to do was get out of the way. I needed to let God shine through. I needed to let God look at her with love and use my eyes to do that, to smile gently at her and let her know that everything was going to be okay. So, so that is the story of how we sort of went from corporate to all these things that happened to learning to sit with God and recognizing that by doing that, I could be radiant even during some of the worst days. Um, so when everything ended and I was recuperating and I was back at work, I realized that I needed to do some things differently and I needed to speak, and I needed to write and I needed to get the word out and I needed to try and be my radiant self every day. So that's that's what I try and do. Well, you are your radiant self. I could say that in such a positive way because I've known you now for a while. And although we've never really met in person, we've done so many of these podcasts and been in communication. Mm -hmm. And I know that the way that you live your faith is radiant because you love God so much. Mm -hmm. And I remember that story that you shared about your friend and that she had her purse on her shoulder and, um, and how I really believe that the Holy Spirit came over you when when you said to yourself, you know what, for her sake, for yeah. her sake, I need to do this, right? And and eventually I think when we do that as human beings, I think that um, we're doing it out of like an act of the will, but eventually, right, God is working in that, isn't he? I mean, what did you learn about yourself during that time? Because I know that it can be kind of a depressing time when you go through health issues, yeah. but what did you learn about yourself and your relationship with God that made you who you are today? So, so that is such a beautiful question. Um, first of all, you're, you're right. I recognize, I think I was in the moment that this idea of being radiant was not of me. It was somewhere else. And I recognized it must be God. Um, 
I took that and many other experiences like that. There were a number of them. Um, and I started molding them together. And I remember a friend asking me, you know, this cancer was stage three. And given all the things I went through at that point, um, it was serious and they weren't sure my body was going to be able to deal with all of it. And she looked at me and she said, how are you so calm? And I think I didn't understand the depth of my faith until I gave her the answer out loud. And I said, well, I trust God. If God needs me here, I'll be here. And if he needs me someplace else, then he'll take me. And it was in that simple recognition that everything that was happening around me was happening around me, but my trust was in God and he was going to take me on whatever path he needed me to be on. And it was that um, that sort of raw and authentic trust that I think was the key foundational learning. I'd always been Catholic and I'd always gone to church um, every week and on holidays and holy days and everything, but I don't think I had that level of trust until I went through this experience. What was fascinating to me, and I recognized it, is in my corporate, global, busy, 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 crazy, busy, I called it life, I would never slow down enough to hear God's voice. So what I was learning as I went through these timeouts, as I call them, was I was learning I had to be quiet. I was too sick. I was too sick to say a whole lot, to do a whole lot, to think to even read. I couldn't focus. And it was in that silence that God was able to talk to me. And in that silence that I could at long last hear his voice. I, I've heard your story before, but every time someone tells a story, you hear something new, right? <laughs> so I know that's a benefit, not just for me, but for our audience, maybe people who have watched your podcast with me before Mm -hmm. and remember your story. And, uh, and I would just recommend for them to connect with you on your website. Your website is DonnaAHeckler.com. And the book is available on Amazon at it's marketing God. And so you can learn about Donna. Now, do you have any advice? Say somebody's watching this podcast right now and they're thinking, Oh my goodness, I just got this diagnosis. Maybe their parents or their uh, husband, wife, siblings, whoever, a good friend of theirs. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of advice might you have for them? who might be suffering because of this diagnosis and the worries that they have about their health? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such a great question too. And it's true. We get these diagnoses and, and it's overwhelming. Um, I can say that for me, when this happened, I tended to go into my head and I had to think it all through, you know, okay, now we're going to do this and here's how we're going to solve this. And what I learned, and I suppose this is where my advice comes in is that it's less about going into my head and it was more about going into my heart. And in the craziness of a bad diagnosis of some serious things happening, how can you calm your head, calm your ego enough to sit quietly with God and listen to that voice? Because that voice is in there. We just have to clear all the clutter so that we can hear it. And that voice will give you comfort and it will give you peace and it will give you ideas that perhaps in your everyday life you wouldn't have come up with. Um, but most importantly, it will be a voice that says, I'm here with you. Trust me. We're going to walk through this together. Um, so that to me would be 
the most fundamental piece of advice I can give. And that's really hard because you've just gotten all this news and you're trying to figure out how to make sense of it. Um, the second thing that I would offer is to get experts around you, doctors or whatever the situation is, and make sure that they're people that you connect to or that if your loved one is going through something that they connect to because this journey this health journey whatever this journey is it's not just the physical it's not just the intellectual it's that heart-to-heart -heart journey so you've got to be able to trust the doctors your loved one has to be able to trust the doctors and know that they have your best interests at heart and not all of us will resonate with every doctor so and that's okay uh, when i was first diagnosed people were like oh you can't go there you must go here and i'm like no 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 i need to go to where my heart feels comfortable and that's with this doctor and they did amazing work so i i would say that's the other thing but um what you're noticing hopefully is that it all goes back to your heart and your centeredness with god Yes, beautiful advice. And I think your advice is great for people who, as I said, have those worries, either their self or maybe their spouse or somebody. But actually, that's great advice for any kind of crisis or adversity, right? You know, you know that I'm the executive director for the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. We help those families in crisis. So, I mean, for those people, too, I think it's a great uh, piece of advice that you have. Uh, Donna, we have a whole lot more, and I'm uh, for our audience too, we have a whole lot more, but we do have to take a short break. So we are going to come back in just a few minutes here on Journeys in Faith. Hi, welcome back to Journeys in Faith on this program on the Anne DeSantis YouTube channel with my wonderful guest, Donna A. Heckler at DonnaAHeckler.com. I'm going to bring her on with me here. And it's such an honor to have a good friend of mine on the program. And Donna, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank um, you again, Anne, for having me. Yes. Now, during the first half of the show, we were talking about your faith journey, but we also talked about your tagline, which is be radiant. You know, you are a cancer survivor and you are a Catholic author, a Catholic speaker, the author of the book, Marketing God, which I showed everybody at the beginning of the program. I thought we could talk about the book too. And it's interesting how the name of the book came to you. I thought that was 
a great way to get into this topic. It's very interesting. So please tell us more. Sure, absolutely. So I've gone through these timeouts with God and I've learned to sit quietly, right, with him, which was a hard thing for me to learn. One of the things that I recognized is I couldn't keep working in corporate anymore. So um, I left corporate and I was doing projects. I was writing a lot more. I've always loved writing. Um, uh, brought out the book on living like a lady and trying to figure out what my next thing was to do next writing project. So because I was an incorporate, I had the time and I could go to church every morning. So I went to mass early morning one day, and this idea floated across my head that I should write a book called marketing God. And my reaction was horror. I was like, oh my gosh, I have been in the belly of the beast in corporate and I know what marketing is and this is bad, bad, bad. So my first thought was that that must be an idea from the devil because that idea is so bad. But then my brain kicked in a little bit and was like, well, but if you're any good at marketing, would the devil really want you to do this? And I was like, oh, good point, brain. And then my brain's like, yeah, it wasn't my idea. So now I'm starting to realize where maybe this idea came from, right? Um, I'm sitting at church and I'm thinking, God, you really don't want me to write a book called Marketing God, do you? That's just bad on every level. And so I'm arguing with God using my hands all through mass. And um, he sat quietly. He didn't say a whole lot. And after mass, we would always say the rosary. So I go to say the rosary with a group of friends and I'm still arguing because I still think this is a really bad idea. And the thought that crossed my mind was, as we said, the rosary, if you can help people be loyal to batteries, can't you help them be loyal to me? If you can help people be loyal to batteries, can't you help them be loyal to me? And that phrase was meaningful to me because you see, when I lived in Asia, as I mentioned, and ran marketing for a company, it was Energizer Batteries. And my goal always in marketing was to help somebody be loyal. So the thing was, there's no way I could say no. You're right, God. If I have any sort of insider knowledge on how to do that, then yes, I should apply my marketing knowledge to help people become loyal to you. And that became the genesis for the book Marketing God. So that's how the book came about in the title. And gosh, did I fight him with it? In fact, and I don't know if I shared this part of the story with you, but a few days after that mass, I saw my pastor and he's like, you know, I wanted to ask you about that other day at mass and all this stuff was going on. I said, yeah, God and I were arguing. He's like, well, who won? You have to ask God. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, I know that you shared with me before that you have even been challenged about the title. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that the title is and was perfect when it came out. It came out in 2019. And as we all know, that was uh, like uh, six months or whatever before the shutdown. It's mm -hmm. because I believe you said it was kind of in the middle of, of 2019 that it came out, not the beginning. So wasn't it a perfect time? And I want to invite people to get the book uh, because I think that it can really help the Catholic Church. It can help anybody, really. It doesn't matter whether where you work or what you do. Mm -hmm. But I do think that parishes, dioceses, archdioceses will really benefit because what you have in the book are 40 truths. And at the back of each 
chapter are reflections too. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, I'm just opening up the chapter to truth 22. It's your name is the cornerstone of your brand. And then uh, underneath that, you have a Bible reference where you say a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches and favor is better than silver or gold. Proverbs 22, one. And I mean, that's just a little bit of the book because I said it's 20, excuse me, 40 truths, 40 chapters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Tell us, uh, how did you come up with this idea of how to do it this way? Because I love how you have the 40 truths and then it's very concise and very easy to read. So tell us more about that. So, so sure. So thank you for that question. When, when I was in corporate, um, we did a lot of heavy thinking about strategy and brand and how are we going to build it? And then when I stepped away from corporate, I was being asked by parishes and ministries, religious orders, oh, can you help a little bit here or there? And I would, but I recognized that they just didn't have any understanding of marketing the way I did. Um, so the idea of the book sort of generated from how do I help these people who recognize that they need something, they don't quite know what it is. And I often was also a, a college lecturer on marketing. So I already had lots of sort of bite-sized thoughts on how I thought things should be done. So I started pulling those together and recognized that those bite-sized thoughts um, that, that I used throughout my career could be really impactful for our parishes and ministries. So I identified what I thought were the top ones. Um, I have tons, but those were the 40 best, I thought, that really would make a big difference. Um, and I started working on the chapters, and I wanted each chapter to be short. I wanted it to be easy for somebody to read. I wanted to give you an example of what didn't work very well, and I'd try and pull from corporate something that didn't work very well on that topic. And then I would try and give you an example from a parish or a ministry where it did work well, so that you could sort of compare and contrast. When I was in the middle of writing it, when the thought occurred to me, oh, I should find a Bible verse for some of these. And, you know, corporate ego-driven Donna popped out. I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to find a Bible verse for each of these 40. And I start looking. And in the end, the hardest part about writing the book was that there were so many Bible verses that related to each of these 40 truths. It's just that I hadn't known to consider that. So once I started really digging in, I found all these beautiful verses and they dovetail so nicely with these little truths that I'd identified through my career. So we started grounding each chapter in the Bible verse. And then the reflection questions go back to the fact that I knew many of the people that I was starting to do some work with and supporting, they didn't really understand any of this marketing language or, or marketing work. So those reflection questions were to, designed to help somebody as they're reading the book, sort of think about it and apply it to their own organization in a way that was sort of gentle and inviting and uh, allowed reflection and not just a do, do, do mentality. Yeah, I, I think that it was very ingenious of you, the way that you did it. And you also have uh, a recommendation on the book or someone that we all know, mm -hmm. Teresa Tomio, who is a media expert, motivational speaker, best-selling author, and a syndicated talk show host of The Catholic Connection. 
and the Catholic view for women. Uh, I won't read that, but it's it's beautiful. And I'm, I have to say to people that you need to read that. You need to get the book. But um, it's just a wonderful, wonderful book. Uh, tell us what else is going on for you coming up. Say we're in right now the fall of 2023, mm -hmm. going into 2024 already. Mm -hmm. um, what's happening for you and what would you like to share as we're headed toward the end of the program? Mm -hmm. Sure. So thank you for that. So, you know, it took me a long time to wrap my head around the fact that I was no longer a corporate executive, um, but I'm an author and a speaker. I love to write. I've always loved to write. Um, I love to tell the stories. And so I have been writing quite a bit. I have a few different books that I've been working on. I'm not quite sure which one's going to get to the finish line first, but um, I'm certainly doing a lot of writing, which I love. Um, and it's all faith-based. It's all sort of dovetailing with what we're learning from the Bible or what we've learned through um, my own spiritual journey, my journey in faith. Um, and then the other thing I'm doing is still speaking quite a bit. Uh, so I do get asked to, to give various talks on Marketing God or my my big talk, I guess you call it, because it's the one most people remember is in the talk and then God gave me a timeout. On occasion, I do little marketing projects for an organization if they're looking for it. So keeps my hand sort of in the marketing world. Um, and I have a, a big project coming up in the next year. Hopefully in a few months, I'll be able to announce it. And I'm really excited about it um, because it's just going to be a wonderful vehicle for helping a variety of different Catholics um, along the way. So I, I, in the background, started a lot of work on that project for them already. So my, you know, I'm still busy, busy, busy. I do what I can to keep myself busy. You do. And uh, I, I just commend you so much for who you are, your faithful ways, the way that you pray, the way that you love God, the way that you serve God, and the way that you also have put that into your career too, so that you can bring others to Christ and help them with their work and their mission, because that's what it's all about. Uh, we are headed toward the end of the show. Any final words before we end? No, uh, you know, I just, I so appreciate you, Anne. I so appreciate all of those who are listening and following and following you. Um, I love what you're doing with our faith. Um, and I guess the one thing I would say to everybody is to be radiant. And when I say that, I mean, get out of the way get yourself out of the way and let God shine through because you are special. We're each special and God knows it and he can shine through and shine love on everyone through you. That's right, Donna, you are a wonderful guest. Please do come back again. I will. And I thank all of you here for joining us on Journeys in Faith. The show airs on the first and third Fridays of every month at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We are way into the over 140 videos on my YouTube channel. So even if my show isn't airing that week, you can always watch a lot of the replays on the channel. So please do subscribe. God bless you all. And we'll see you next time. The St. Raymond Onatus, the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation for Freedom, Family and Faith was founded in 2015 by the Mercedarian Religious Order with a mission to make pastoral outreach to families in crisis. The friars came together after attending the World Meeting of Families in Philadelphia, 
with hopes of creating a foundation which could help those families and individuals who have faced tough times and need to know that the church cares and is there to help. Since that time when we were founded, the foundation has helped hundreds of families by offering prayer, priestly consultations, podcasts and videos, and programs and events. Whether it is something to do with divorce or separation, trauma, job loss, loss of a loved one, relationship issues or other crisis, the foundation has seen lives transformed through the services we provide. Pope Francis has referred to our world as a field hospital, where there are a great deal of individuals and families who feel abandoned and they need the special outreach of those who truly care and wish to show the face of God to others. As a foundation, that is what we do every day, and we're grateful to people like you who help to make a difference for families in crisis. Please pray for us and for our mission. Would you consider a one-time or recurring gift? Please go to nonatus.org to donate. Thank you sincerely from all of us at the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith.